0: Welcome back to another episode of In Enemy Territory. we got a great one for you today. Today we're talking May 8th on the calendar. And we got some big birthdays. And as you know, if you're a listener of the show, I like to try to find the meaning or the connections in the sports world on any given calendar day, the whole premise of the show. And the really cool thing about May 8th is we've got three big time coaches uh, across a few of the different sports leagues that all have the same birthday. And they are Bill Cower, 1957, Lovey Smith, 1958, and Mike Dantoni, the NBA, 1951. So naturally, as I was looking through the big birthdays of the day, I see three legendary coaches. All at the same birthday, you know we're talking coaches and managers on a day like this. Before we get into those three in particular, I'm going to go through some of the big moments of the day in history. Sports history, May 8th, dating all the way back to the 1800s. In 1878, we had, on this day, the first ever official unassisted triple play in the MLB. by the name, A guy by the name of Paul Hines. Of a team named the Providence Grays. Um, I guess they played in uh, New Hampshire, Providence. Um, That would be 144 years ago. So, fun fact for the day. Also, on this day, 1963, Willie Stargell, Hall of Famer, hit his first career homer believe he would finish his career as a member of the 500 home run club 1968 Jim Catfish Hunter of the Oakland Athletics pitches a perfect game 1970 the Knicks beat the Lakers for their first ever championship they would win again in 1973 haven't won since probably won't win for a good while on this day in 1995 mark messier becomes the third ever NHLer to score 100 playoff goals. He did this with the Rangers and route to... Um, actually, no, they had won the Cup the prior year. Marc Messier, though, notches his 100th career playoff goal, and I don't believe anyone has done it since. I may be wrong, but we're going with it. I know my boy Sid Crosby is climbing the ranks, but I don't think he's there yet. Hopefully soon, uh, with the playoffs coming in a couple months, we'll see Sid climb the ranks, hopefully get past the first round because it's been a couple rough years. Anyway, this isn't about Crosby. This is about the greater good of mankind. 2001, Randy Johnson, the big unit, comes a third pitcher to throw 20 strikeouts in, ga- in a game. The game went past nine innings. Um, but, however, Randy played nine innings, uh, went extras, and they lost actually they won they beat the reds 4 to 3 um but he struck he struck out 29 innings third pitcher ever uh the rocket Roger Clemens had a 20 strikeout game and Kerry Wood as well of the cubs um so Randy was not considered a complete game as it went the extras but he did have 20 strikeouts in the 9 innings so still very very Respectable. No one's ever done more strikeouts in a game. And, like I opened up the episode talking coaches and managers, wouldn't you know, on a day like this, with three prolific coaches grabbing a birthday on the same day, all in the 1950s, in 1973, Ernie Banks fills in for the Cubs' manager position As Whitey Lockman, their active manager, gets ejected from the game. And this technically made Ernie Banks baseball's first ever black manager. So a big moment. Big, big moment for the MLB. Although it kind of came about in a roundabout way. Ernie Banks, I guess, whenever Whitey Lockman was ejected, whether it was the first, second, third, any, whatever, he he would serve the rest of the game as the Cubs manager. So, obviously, his job title and his paychecks were not that he was the manager, but for all intents and purposes, of that game, Ernie Banks did what no one else had ever done before as a black player, as a black manager, I should say, and he coached the rest of that game for the Cubs. Um, which leads me right into the big-name coaches we are talking about today. First off, I'll start with Mike D'Antoni, as this isn't really a podcast that covers much basketball, that being because I I really know the least about basketball of the four major sports. Um, What I do know about him is that he was a two-time NBA coach of the year at one point. I looked it up, 2005, 2017. And... He was the NBA All-Star Game head coach in 2007 and 2018. So you know the guy was making moves and a very good head coach. He's now on the coaching staff of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, not the head coach, but he's on the staff as it seems. But as a coach for the Suns and the Knicks... Lakers, 76ers, Rockets, not not the head coach for the 76ers, but he's been a head coach for for many teams, never won a championship, but definitely a big name in the sport, Mike Dantoni. As well, Lovey Smith, NFL. He coached the Buccaneers, I think as a linebackers coach, defensive coordinator for the Rams. They even made it to the Super Bowl, lost to Tom Brady. Um and then His first big break in the league, he was the head coach for the Bears for almost 10 years. Looks like it was about nine seasons. They lost in the Super Bowl. That was the Devin Hester era. And then he went back to Tampa, was the head coach. Now he's with the Texans. He was their their defensive coordinator. But in the offseason just now, 2022, he got hired as the head coach. He'll be their head coach in the coming year. And he was the NFL coach of the year in 2005. The year, that was the year before they went to the Super Bowl, I believe. 05-06. 6 Yeah, Colts beat the Bears 06-07. Um, the Bears defense was ridiculous with Brian Urlacher and and many other great players who I can't think of their names right now. But the Bears defense, when I think about the, the early 2000s, like the 2003 to 2008-ish time period. When I think of great defenses, I think of the Bears, Ravens, and obviously the Steelers. But the Bears, led by Brian Urlacher, was um, definitely a sought-after defense in my high school fantasy pools year in and year out. They came up with a lot of takeaways, a lot of sacks, didn't give up many points. And, of course, the special teams, Devin Hester, scoring touchdowns weekly. Um, and Lovey Smith was the band behind the scenes coaching. I guess not really behind the scenes. He was in the front line coaching that team. They never really had a great quarterback, and I think that's probably why they never got over the hump. They came close. I think they lost twenty-one to ten or twenty-four to ten to the Peyton Manning. But that's as close as they got, and that's as close as as they've gotten since. Um, and they're not looking too hot these days. But the one coach of the day that I would like to spend a little more time on is your boy Bill Cowher, the Hall of Famer. Steelers head coach from 1992 to 2006. He won the Super Bowl with them in the 2005-06 season with Ben Roethlisberger as a second-year quarterback. As I mentioned before, the Steelers defense was legendary with Troy Polamalu, Joey Porter. There's a long, long list. I could go on and on, but I will spare you guys all a Steelers uh, episode because that's not what I came here to deliver. Uh, Bill Cowher, he he had led them, you know, he had led the Steelers to a Super Bowl in the mid '90s. They lost to Dallas. Um, Finally, they got that quarterback that could put them over the top, and he did. The future Hall of Famer Ben Roethlisberger delivered in his second season earning Bill Cowher his one and only Super Bowl title as the head coach. Um, it looks like he was the coach of the year, actually, in 1992, his first year with the team. And he won a Best Coach Manager SB award 2006, and he was a two-time Sporting News NFL Coach of the Year 92 and 2004. Obviously, the Steelers elected him to their Hall of Fame, and in the NFL... In 2021, he finally made the Pro Football Hall of Fame, a coaching record of 149.90 and one, very respectable 623 winning percentage. And he was known for his, you know, he he definitely, I moved to Pittsburgh in 04, and I didn't know much about football. You know, when we moved to Pittsburgh, we really were like, we came from Maryland, so we were like Orioles fans, and we didn't know anything about hockey. We didn't know anything about football. We just knew Cal Ripken, yada, yada, Orioles stunk. And and then we moved to Pittsburgh, and boom. The first year, the Steelers made it to the AFC Championship, um, followed by next year's Super Bowl victory, and then Sidney Crosby's a rookie. So not to get into hockey, but I'm saying Pittsburgh sports really – Opened our eyes to the world of sports fandom, and and Bill Cower was the coach at the time, and he was known for his his big protruding jaw and bottom lip and spitting and yelling and no nonsense and they won, and it was great and he was legendary and 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 he was a really great coach and and frankly he's a really great you know broadcaster. Um, on the on the CBS crew. He does a great job every Sunday breaking down football. Um, but yeah, I really knew him for his last three seasons that he coached the Steelers. Um, and as, even though, you know, Mike Tomlin has won a Super Bowl and he's been there for many, I've been a fan of Mike Tomlin for many more years than I had been a fan of Bill Cowher. To me, Bill Cowher was like, I really, I really liked him. It felt like that was a guy that I was proud. He was our coach. He did a great job. Mike Tomlin, like I don't know, I I don't know if it's because of of Bill Cowher's coaching, kind of how he how we we determined that he was a coach. He wasn't the players' coach that Mike Tomlin is, and buddy buddy with everyone. I mean, Mike Tomlin also he's very young. He was the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl. He's still not even fifty years old. Very close in age to a lot of players. Cowher was a bit, you know older and no nonsense guy, so it's almost like good cop bad cop it went from bad cop to good cop and then and then it's easy as a Steelers fan to say like oh wow well, look at them since 2010 they haven't even sniffed getting back to the super bowl if only bill cower and his no nonsense you know style of coaching a team was back or a bill belichick style which has obviously led the patriots to many super bowls um we kind of idealized how bill cower was that being said i was 12 13 and fourteen—the last years he was the coach—and I honestly have no clue if he was a good coach, if they just had a great team, and and like you know, it's I can't really break it down because now I'm a thirty-year-old man, but back then I was fourteen, and and we just knew that he was this fiery guy who would literally—you could see the spit flying out of his mouth as he as he yelled at Joey Porter or Brett Kiesel or or whoever it might have been—and but that's how I remember Bill Cowher. He was a winner. He he won a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Um, and also on that note, just the whole the whole dynamic of the Pittsburgh Steelers head coaching. You know, the, their head coaching that they've had since since basically the the early nineteen seventies. They are only on their third head coach when most teams in the league are probably on their fifth, eighth, tenth, twentieth, thirtieth, like. The Steelers coaches come, get hired, and they stay forever. And frankly, Cowher was, I think, Cowher was, like I said, 92 to 06. That was only about 15 years. Mike Tomlin is almost coming up on 15 years. And Chuck Noll was there for like 20 something years. So in the last like 51, 52 years, we're really only on three coaches. And you live or die by them, whether they produce. It took it took Cowher till about his 13th year or so until he even got them the Super Bowl. And. And Tomlin, almost right away, I think his second or third year with the team, won a Super Bowl. So, all three of these legendary head coaches of the team did win a Super Bowl. It actually took Cowher the longest to win one, but he stuck with it. Came close a couple occasions. Um, here's just a couple of names that actually coached under Bill Cowher that went on to become head coaches in the NFL Bruce Arians. Um, he actually. Won a Super Bowl as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach, Dick LeBeau um, went on to coach the Bengals briefly, and then he came back as the Steelers coordinator under Bill Cowher. Um, Marvin Lewis, who ended up coaching the Bengals for many unsuccessful years, and Ken Weisenhunt—he didn't—he never won anything. But they all went on to become pro head coaches, and um. And then a player under Bill Cowher that went on to become a coach is current, uh, current head coach of the Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel. But yeah, Bill Cowher, I think his success was his style of coaching the Steelers. Obviously, the names I just mentioned, he he was able to, under his you know tutelage, turn players in you know, turn turn, you know, assistants into getting them head coaching jobs elsewhere. And even one player ended up becoming head coach. I don't know how much of it is necessarily to his credit, but, you know, as I recently, you know, I listened to Pittsburgh sports radio from time to time. And I think recently they mentioned that like these coaches that have this long tenure and they have assistants and this and that, and, and most of them that are good, end up developing what they call the head coaching tree. You see, oh, all of these coaches that were under Andy Reid went on to get jobs. All these coaches under Bill Belichick. All these head coaches under yada yada. These coaches that have won Super Bowls and produced coach-worthy candidates that have been scooped up by other teams. I don't think Mike Tomlin has really, in, in 14 years or so, like, I don't think Todd Haley turned into anything after working under Mike Tomlin. These guys kind of have become dead-end coaches as linebackers, coach, or defensive coordinator, whatever it is. I is. Don't quote me on it, as is my general rule for anything in, in this podcast, but I'm pretty sure Mike Tomlin has not really developed this coaching tree that you typically see after 13, 14 years of a coach- especially Tomlin. He's never had a losing season. Um, he hasn't really... This is, look, I'm not comparing Mike Tomlin to Bill Cowher, but the pedigree that Bill Cowher warranted as as the head coach of the Steelers is definitely a noticeable difference between him and Mike Tomlin. That's all I've got to say for today. Um, and yeah, if you enjoyed, keep coming back for more. appreciate you listening, sticking with the show. I've been having a blast trying to round out the calendar. I think I'm about between 30 and 40 episodes deep, which means I'm about 10% through the calendar. And we've got a long way to go, and I can't wait to get there. Thank you, thank you.